The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. Guys, the Spotify Green Room is a live, audio-only sports talk platform. Talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to here every single day and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast like this one. Download the Spotify Green Room app free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join my group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E. It's, uh, I don't know why they didn't let me use D period, but they didn't. So follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live every Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, and join me when we go live every Wednesday night at Club 34-7. What's up, guys? Week number 17 in the books for our beloved Chicago Bears. We get a victory over the lowly New York Giants and... uh you know, when, when, when you've got 5 and 10 going up against 4 and 11, uh, you're not expecting – you're either going to get a great ball game or you're going to get a lousy game. And, and, and we got a, a mixture of both uh, in this one. There was a lot of mediocre to bad football being played by both teams uh, today. But the, thankfully, the, uh, the good uh, to awesome play uh, belonged primarily to the Bears. Um, you know, the Giants did have their moments. They had a pretty decent day running the football, but where the gross incompetence came in was when the Giants attempted uh, to throw the football, and it was just nothing but disaster uh, for them uh, in that one, where the neck himself, uh, good old uh, giraffe Mike Lennon, <clears throat> comes into Soldier Field and... Uh, Oof, boy, that was a bad look for Ryan Pace, man. Let me tell you. I mean, I know that we uh, we erased that mistake, you know, after one season, and uh, that's all really Mike Glennon was meant to do. I mean, I know people like to hold that one against Pace. I, I never really did. I mean, obviously it was a signing that didn't work out, but, you know, I said from the beginning with, with Glennon's uh, contract, even back, uh, you know, when he signed it, you can I can pull up the clips if you want me to, where I said that, you know, Ryan Pace gave himself an out because the guaranteed money that he, that, you know, Glennon is going to get in this contract is all gone by the first year. So basically it's a one-year contract with the option for two more because it was a three-year $45 million deal and it was $18.5 million was guaranteed. He got $16 million in 2017 and then $2.5 million would go against the cap in 2018. Well, he was gone in 2018, so it was a $2.5 million cap hit to get rid of Mike Lennon and move on with Mitch Trubisky, which was the plan all along, apparently. So, you know, and $16 million is a lot of money, but compared to what quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks get in the NFL these days, it was not a bad deal. It really wasn't. I mean, it looks ridiculous now with that meme that's out there where everyone's dividing up his neck in his NFL salaries despite his his mediocrity uh, and everything. And, of course, like 80% of his earnings came from the Bears in that one season uh, that he was in Chicago. But it is what it is. 
we corrected that mistake after one season, and uh, he's been bouncing around the league ever since. Uh, you know, we played him last year when he was a Jaguar, and we played him again this year as a New York Giant, and uh, both of those games went went dramatically uh, in our favor. So uh, let's go ahead and, and get to it. This is the Week 17 episode of Bear Up, Bear Down for the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Hang up the telephone. I hear the dial tone. Out loud it was uh, cold and snowy uh, in the Chicagoland area this weekend, I know, because that's where I am. Uh, I was, uh, you know, like, like I guys told you, uh, like I told you guys last week, I was, uh, riding solo on Christmas because I came down with a pretty nasty cold, uh, just before the holiday. So I didn't want to spread that, uh, along with my Christmas cheer. So I stayed home last week, uh, you know, recovered over the weekend and improved during the week itself. So I came home to celebrate the new year, uh, with my family. So, uh, it snowed, you know, a good four inches or so. Uh, add you know overnight and, and, and into the day, and you could even see in the beginning of the ball game, uh, you could see the the snow flurries and things like that in the uh, in the sunlight uh, and what have you. But the weather didn't really affect the. I mean, I, you know, you don't get to hear us say this often, but I, I you know the the groundskeepers took good care of the field because it wasn't a, a you know frozen uh, concrete mess or you didn't see guys slipping and falling. Uh, all over the place, like you do in most cases when uh, weather is a factor uh, in Chicago. So that was nice that the guys could just play the uh, play the game and and not have to like overcompensate for you know lousy conditions and bad turf and the ground coming up from underneath them and and things like that uh, on Sunday. Uh, so you just left it up to these two very bad football teams uh, to uh, you know suss it out themselves uh, on the field and 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 thankfully. Uh, the Bears got off to a righteous start, man. I mean, and it just, it was like they followed the keys to the game. Like somebody on the team was listening uh, to the podcast uh, over the weekend where I said to, you know, A, stop beating yourselves because you don't want to give a team like this hope. And then B was get off to a fast start. And when two plays and 18 seconds into the ball game, you're on the board like a touchdown. Yeah, that's a fast start. <laughs> 18 seconds, two plays. Play number one, Travis Gibson, strip sack. Play number two, David Montgomery, two-yard touchdown run. 18 seconds in, the Bears are up 7-0 uh, on the Giants. Can't complain about that at all. So, uh, you know, let's go ahead and get started with the, um, you know, let's just go ahead and get the Bear downs out of the way because this, this was a mostly positive ball game as far as the outcomes were concerned. Uh, so let's just get the negatives out of the way. You'll hear me talk about this uh, in the knee-jerk reactions, and I'll expand on it tomorrow. Uh, you know, when when breaking down the the game and everything. But I want to give a bear down at least in the first half to our offensive and defensive lines uh, in this game. Uh, it, it, and it, you know, in the in the first quarter especially, and into the second quarter. Uh, we were being pushed around up front. Uh, We weren't able to get any kind of penetration with the running game because the offensive line was just getting stuffed uh, at the line of scrimmage. And then the same thing with the defensive line going up against the Giants' O-line, which is nothing to write home about, but there were these huge holes. They were gashing us in the middle 
uh, of the line of scrimmage. Makes you wonder where the hell Eddie Goldman was uh, in this football game. But just up and down the field, I mean, Saquon Barkley had 80 yards rushing at halftime. Uh, I mean, it was really all the all the Giants could speak of as far as the one positive that they had was their running game today. But, you know, it was literally the only way that they could move the football because passing was an absolute disaster uh, for them. I mean, you know, so I guess maybe more it's it's where the, the O-line and the D. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The lines uh, were terrible you know, when it, in terms of the running game. Uh, in the beginning, the offensive line was bad in pass protection. Andy Dalton not really being able to, you know... Uh, to have time to throw the ball pocket collapsing around him and and also an honorary bear down to the receivers, all of them, you know, as a collective, the reason that Dalton is hanging on to the ball, standing back there in the pocket is because nobody's getting open. Nobody was getting open because they would go back and show us replays. And those guys are, you know, covered just absolutely, you know, blanketed by the, by the coverage of this giants secondary, which again, Nothing to write home about. This is a four and eleven football team we're talking about, and you know no real stars to speak speak of except maybe Bradbury in the secondary for uh, the Giants, and it's just you know everybody else of note like Jabril Peppers, you know he's either injured or not playing well this year or or what have you, and you know those guys just not getting open. Dalton's back there, you know having to. Uh, either throw the football away or take a sack. I mean, he only got sacked, I think, twice today. But, I mean, he was constantly under pressure, especially early on uh, in the ball game. It just it did seem like things settled down a bit as we got a little bit further along. That's happened uh, less and less as far as the pressure uh, getting uh, to Dalton and everything. But initially, like at the start of the football game, I did not like what I was seeing from either our offensive or defensive lines in the trenches uh, and, and it was it was really troubling, and it was like I, I I shuddered to think what the game would have looked like if the Bears hadn't popped off those two big uh, turnovers uh, in the first two uh, drives uh, of the game. The, the the Giants' first two drives ended uh, in turnovers. The strip sack literally on the first play 
of the game. And then there was like a tip drill interception by Deshaun Gibson on the second drive where they brought it back to like the 25-yard line and the Bears pounded it in uh, from there. I did, however, like very much that uh, we were two for two in the red zone in the first quarter. And we got off to our 14 to nothing fast start. I mean, they, the Giants never recovered from what happened in the first five, six minutes uh, of the ball game, if it was even that long. Um, so it was uh, it was perfect. I only had two keys to the game and we held on to them. We held on to them both. We didn't beat ourselves. We only had five penalties and the Bears didn't get their first penalty until like the third quarter. So they weren't shooting themselves in the foot in the first half. And, uh, you know, so so bear up to the team in general for following the keys for once. And look what it did. You followed the keys. You got a dominating victory 29-3 to over a lousy football team in an absolutely meaningless Week 17 ball game. So there you go. So, yeah, bear down to the offensive and defensive lines uh, overall. Uh, did not play a, f- a good football game. Uh, you know, Barkley and... Uh, Devontae Booker were, were up and down the field on us all day long when, you know, they were running the, uh, running the football, uh, and everything. But, um, you know, it just, uh, I didn't, I didn't like what I was seeing, uh, from those two, uh, units. And, uh, you know, it was, it was an up and down kind of thing, but it was mostly down, uh, you know, with, uh, with those two, uh, units. I mean, like I said, they had their moments. And then the other bear down I wanted to give was to Andy Dalton, but I think I'm going to call this more of an honorary uh, bear down. He was 18 of 35, 173 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He got away with like a couple of other uh, interceptions. The one was dropped. The other one was uh, reversed on a um, pass interference uh, call that set up the – did it set up a field goal? Yeah, pretty much. Or did it set up the touchdown in the third quarter? One of the two. I'll, I'll have to consult my notes tomorrow when we do the deep dive. But, you know, pretty mediocre quarterback play across the board. I mean, Mike Glennon was an absolute nightmare. I mean, he, you know, Andy Dalton looked like Aaron Rodgers compared to uh, Mike Glennon uh, today, but he was not good uh, himself. The whole offensive unit, t- you know, as a whole, not great. Uh, you know, David Montgomery only had like 65 yards rushing on like 22 attempts, so barely three yards a carry uh, if he got that uh, today. It just wasn't a good day. And, of course, for the second week in a row, our very first penalty of the football game was Cody Whitehair getting a holding penalty that erased a 12-yard run from uh, David Montgomery, much like they were doing that last week against the Seahawks. He only had like you know maybe 40-something, 50 yards rushing against the Seahawks, but he also, he literally had like two or three 10-yard runs taken away from him due to a penalty of, uh, of one kind or another. So, um, yeah. Uh, and then finally, I want to give a, a bear down to, to, to Nagy because, you know, of this constant uh, just – just constant disregard for the future of this uh, franchise. Uh, I love Jason Peters, and I will always be grateful to him for you know coming off that fishing boat that he was on when the, or the dock that he was fishing on when the Bears called him uh, at the start of uh, training camp, and uh, will always marvel at what we were able to get from him uh, this season. He's had one of his healthiest seasons in a very long time, and for the most part, has been a stalwart uh, stud 
on the offensive line, showing flashes of why this guy's going to get a gold jacket uh, from Canton uh, one of these days. But at this point in the season, if he and Tevin Jenkins are both healthy, Tevin Jenkins should be the one playing. And Tevin Jenkins didn't come into the book football game until it was 29-3, to and I, I don't know if it was late in the third quarter or if he finally started playing in the fourth quarter, which was three quarters too late. Tevin Jenkins should have been starting moment one uh, in this ballgame because the season's not about winning football games anymore. It just isn't. I mean, obviously that's the goal of every game that you play, but as far as the big picture is concerned, you know, it's 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 better to do it this way than – you know, with with Jenkins and, and seeing what we get, what we got from him, getting some good tape uh, out there because the Giants have a defense of a, a very good defensive line with guys like Leonard Williams and things like that. Um, so it was it would have been a good test, but we didn't get to see that test until the game was already decided, and that's not when the future left tackle of this franchise is supposed to be getting his first reps of the day. He should have started uh, today, and. You know, he was doing like that, doing things like that across the board. Artie Burns started instead of Thomas Graham Jr. again today. I, actually, I don't mean, remember seeing Thomas Graham Jr. out there much today. I, um, I wish I could go back and watch it again. Maybe I'll watch the, uh, the highlights on YouTube or something to see how many times I could spot Thomas Graham Jr. out there. But I know he didn't start because Artie Burns was out there. He dropped another interception today. So uh, it, it's, it's things like that where at this point in the season, when wins and losses, either way, don't matter. Nagy's, you know, or at least his reasoning for putting Peters out there, starting Burns over Graham and things like his reasoning would be because it's about Sunday is, is, what he, is what he says to the press. It's about Sunday, so it's about winning, putting the best team on the field or putting the team that puts us in the best position to win on Sunday. When at this point in the season, that's not what it's about anymore. It's about 2022 and beyond, and I know that you know that everybody knows and nobody said it officially yet that you're done and you won't be here in 2022, but that doesn't mean you stop doing your job developing this team for the future. And, you know, we've seen that in the last two weeks with, you know, um, well, that and also a bear down to, to Nagy for, for the whole captain's thing. It just... Why wasn't Akeem Hicks a captain today? This very likely could be a number one. He finally came off uh, the COVID protocols late on Friday. So he, fi- he did get off COVID protocols in time to play. There was questions about whether or not he'd be ready to go, but he did play today. God bless him. Didn't have much of a mark on the ball game as far as like, you know, getting in a sack or, or anything like that. And like I said, we had our issues stopping the run today and that's where, you know, Akeem Hicks is the man, but, um, you know, this very likely could be Akeem Hicks' last home game as a Chicago Bear, and he wasn't a captain today. Um, I forget who the cat. I think uh, one of them was Alec Ogletree because he had a cup of coffee with the Giants uh, for a little while, cause, so that makes sense, which is why, like, Jermaine Afidi and Bruce Irvin were, were captains against the Seahawks last week because they played for the Seahawks. I don't get that reasoning at all, and I absolutely hate the idea of rotating captains because there, you know, there's that saying: if um, you know, if you say that everybody's special, it kind of also means that nobody is. And if everybody's, you know, and he's treating like everyone like they're a leader, which means there are no leaders 
on this football team, which would explain a lot from what we've been getting from this squad uh, over the last several years. Uh, you know, the, the leaders are just leaders unto themselves as, a, as opposed to being uh, recognized as leaders. Nobody on the team wears the sea patch on their chest like you see, like you saw during the Lovey days. John Fox was, was big on, on, you know, selecting captains for the year uh, and things like that. You know, you saw that kooky nonsense with, uh, with Tressman, and we saw how that went. By the end of his tenure, in, in that short two years, the inmates were running the asylum uh, by the end of that thing. You know, 2014, that was a season, oof, I could not wait. I could not wait for that year to be over, man. Oh, man, what a dreadful season that was. And, um, you know, it's just, yeah, that I think that was the lowest that I was at the end of a football season. I know I did not respond well to 2019 and how that year went, and that had a lot to do with our lofty expectations uh, going into it. And, um, you know, it affected how I did the show in 2020, along with the pandemic and the uncertainty of whether the season would actually either take place or take place on time. But, um, you know, it just, uh, yeah, I, 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 Akeem Hicks should have been a captain today, so he could have been recognized by the fans. If this is indeed his last game in a bear uniform, I really hope that it isn't. I hope that they can come to some kind of agreement on on money so we can keep Akeem uh, around. Because when he's healthy, he's as productive as there is uh, in the league. But that's kind of the thing right now, which is why the salary would have to be a bit lower. Because he's making you know ten to twelve million a season. He's not going to get that anywhere else. And I hope hopefully there isn't anybody out there who believes he's still worth that, so the Bears can get him for you know, much more reasonable money, hopefully kind of like the money that we signed him with uh, when we initially signed him back in 2016. I think 2016 is the first year that we got him. And I think we got him for like a two-year, $10 million deal. It's like I would be cool with like, you know, two, two, three years, $5 million per, something like that. That would be, I think, reasonable for Akeem Hicks. I'm sure he would disagree with me, but uh, that's what I think the market for Akeem Hicks should be. He's 32. He's missed handful of games each of the last two seasons. And, uh, you know, Al, actually the last three seasons, he missed some games in 2020. Uh, and he's missed a few this year. And he missed a whole bunch, almost the whole season in 2019 with that elbow uh, injury. So, yeah, hopefully he's a bit more realistic about what his stock actually is and uh, the Bears will be able to bring him back. And because I would love to see that, I don't want to see Akeem Hicks go I want to see him retire a bear because if there's anybody that kind of personifies what it means to be a bear he's the one he's a Chicago guy through and through he should not be wearing another uniform ever again so um, I hope that uh, we can get that figured out but anyway you know what let's go ahead and take a quick break we'll uh, give ear to our sponsors and then we'll come back and we'll finish this thing out in a positive flurry with our bear ups <laughs> this episode of the bear stock underground is brought to you by the spotify green room guys spotify green room is free audio only social media platform for sports fans start or join ongoing conversations watch games together react to the biggest news rumors and games talk with other sports fans insiders athletes and executives in real time join in on conversations with me at club 34 7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast i'll be hosting rooms every week 
uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk bears. Let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. (laughs) All the bear ups for Week 17's victory over the New York Giants. Our beloved Chicago Bears, there are quite a few uh, on the list here. Um, first of all, I want to give bear-ups to each of our specialists, or, or actually our kickers, I should say. Uh, Cairo Santos, 3-for-3 three three on uh, on field goals today. Or, you know, he got some kicked through some some extra points. And Pat O'Donnell, probably long overdue as far as making this list. Um you know, especially like last week, you think he had like a 72-yard punt or something against the Seahawks, or maybe that was the week before against the uh, Vikings, but he punted the ball really well uh, today, even though he didn't punt for the first time until like late in the second quarter or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, those guys are both really good uh, today. Cairo Santos, uh, you know, I think he's slowly, you know, building up a brand-new streak that I'm sure that the announcers will be trying to jinx him with in the weeks to come. Uh, and everything, but uh, you know, Pat O'Donnell, I think, is long overdue. Cairo Santos has had a few uh, bear up awards uh, this year, so I just wanted to include uh, them, especially Pat O'Donnell. He's punted the ball really well for us uh, this season. Uh, bear up Angelo Blackson, uh, somebody that I would also like to see in a bear uniform again uh, next year. He's in town on a one year deal, and I'd never heard of him before, so I kind of made fun of the signing because this was like our first free agent signing uh, when we started free agency this year. Um, you know, it's like, I've never heard of the guy, but apparently he's coming to Chicago. So good for him. Uh, he has played well for us and uh, had a nice uh, sack uh, in the ball game uh, today and, uh, you know, has played some good ball. So I uh, wanted to uh, recognize him today. Bear up Dion Bush to Sean Gibson, both with uh, interceptions uh, today, Deshaun Gibson was more of a heads-up, uh, being in the right place at the right time interception on the tip drill on the second drive of the uh, ball game. Made a decent return, get the ball back to the 25-yard line of the Giants, and the Bears were able to punch it in about, I don't know, five plays later or whatever it was with the, the Darnell Mooney touchdown to make it 14 nothing. getting off to that fast start that I talked about in uh, Keys to the Game on the preview episode. And then Dion Bush was just, uh, you know, good coverage and Mike Glennon throwing the football, which is, man, he just, he had a horrible, horrible day. The Giants net passing. It was kind of like the Cleveland game for us where, you know, number one, we only threw for like 47 yards passing, but thanks to all the sacks, the Bears had negative one yard. Well, today, uh, Mike Glennon only threw for 24 yards. He was like 4 of 11 or something like that. He threw for 24 yards, and thanks to the four sacks that we got him with, his net was negative 10. There's negative 10 passing yards for the Giants today, um, which would have looked so much worse had it not been for the decent day that they had 
running the football with Barkley going over 100 yards uh, and Devontae Booker also having a decent day running the ball uh, as well. But Deion Bush uh, made a good play, made another interception, set up one of the more entertaining uh, goal line plays we've seen from the Bears since 2018 when Nagy would, uh, you know, bring defensive linemen out to catch passes and throwing touchdowns to O-linemen and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we set up the Wildcat on fourth and four from like the six-yard line or whatever it was, and Montgomery being our Wildcat quarterback, the play was designed well because if Montgomery puts enough on the ball, Cole Komet catches a wide-open touchdown uh, in the end zone. Instead, he just barely gets it over the top of the uh, line of scrimmage, and it gets picked off at the goal line, which was about two yards behind where Cole Komet was in the end zone. So I thought that was funny. Um, just the whole idea of everything that happened is like fourth and four and we're running the wildcat. Well, this is not going to go well. You could just, you just knew it because the, the, the wildcat just doesn't really work. So, but you know, what are you going to do? They, uh, they gave it a shot. It didn't work out, but at the time it was 2093. We had like two minutes to go in the game. We're like, what difference does it make? You know? But uh, bear up to Sean Gibson, bear up Deion Bush for uh, for getting those interceptions. It was nice to see the Bears uh, forcing some turnovers, getting some takeaways, giving the offense some more chances, which more times than not didn't result in much. But, you know, we got the chances at least. Uh, bear up Travis Gibson, uh, two strip sacks uh, in the ballgame, giving him six and a half sacks on the uh, season. He's uh, really taken to the opportunity that uh, was uh, left behind by Khalil Mack's absence with the foot injury where we lost him for the season about midway through uh, the year. And, um, you know, he, was, he definitely was a difference maker uh, today. Two strip sacks and uh, two turnovers. You know, it was result, resulted in two turnovers for the Bears, giving us four uh, on the day. And... Um, you know, first play of the game, he just came unblocked. I mean, nobody even looked at him. He comes in and absolutely just pummels uh, Glennon. Ball comes flying out, and he hit him just right, so there was none of this roughing the passer nonsense or head-to-helmet contact or any of that. Came in, nice clean hit, knocked the ball loose. Uh, Bilal Nichols picks it up and rumbles his way to the two-yard line, and we run it in for the touchdown on the following uh, play. So, you know, and he did that twice today. And uh, bear up, David Montgomery. I mean, he just, his stats weren't pretty. He caught some balls out of the backfield today. Uh, only had about 65 yards rushing on 20-plus uh, attempts. But um, he just runs so hard, man. And he, he's he's still the heartbeat and the pulse of our, of our offense. We go as he goes uh, right now. And uh, he had two touchdowns on the day, both from about two yards out. Uh, you know, as like I said, it, it, he threw an interception with the Wildcat, but that was one of the more entertaining moments uh, of the ball game. Despite it being a turnover, is kind of a light-hearted thing. You see Nagy, uh, you know, poking fun at Montgomery on the sidelines at the end of the play uh, and everything. They knew that the, the odds of that working out. I mean, it didn't matter. It was twenty-nine to three. We're going to try to score a touchdown on fourth and four. What's the point in going? You know, kicking the field goal or whatever well, let's see if we can make this fun play happen or or what have you so but i just love the way montgomery runs the ball 
And, um, you know, I look forward to us, you know, putting together a better offense um, and a better offensive scheme that will, you know, that our, hopefully our next coach comes in and realizes that the power eye is what works as far as the running game is concerned uh, for this offense. And we'll put a fullback or an H back, a tight end or whatever in the backfield uh, with Montgomery so that, uh, you know, we can really use him to his uh, fullest uh, potential instead of the uh, stubborn slash ignorant uh, naggy saying, I didn't come here to run the power eye on the same day that, uh, you know, his rookie running back in 2019 just ran for a buck 35 and, and two touchdowns running the power eye for the majority of the uh, football game. So, um, you know, it, it's it's all about hope when as far you know, looking forward to it. And then, of course, finally, bear up to Robert Quinn because he did get the record today. He did get the 18th sack. Uh, I believe it happened in the third quarter or maybe early in the fourth, one of the two. Um, he, I thought that he at least tied it on, on – uh, actually, it was the play before he got it. Uh, it, was, it was him and I think Nichols or somebody else kind of teamed up for a sack, so I thought that he at least tied it. But uh, I think it was like offsetting penalties or there was a penalty on the Bears or, or something like that. On the very next play, Quinn comes around the edge, strip sack on, on, uh, on Glennon, and uh, the Giants have recovered this one, though. And actually, I thought he had it early, like in the second quarter. Um, he had wrapped up uh, Glennon. It was about to take him down, and then Glennon had the presence of mind to like shuffle pass it off to, I don't know if it was Barkley or if it was Booker that, had the, that got the ball. But, uh, you know, he broke away, for, you know, got about five yards as a, you know, to avoid the sack. Otherwise, Quinn had him dead to rights, and uh, it should have been a sack. But uh, he was able to get the ball away and therefore, you know, was able to, to, to save it uh, and avoid it. But um, he got it number – he got it today. He got it number 18, and he got it in 16 games. So no need for an asterisk. Unless you're talking to Richard Dent, which, of course, Robert Quinn did. He mentioned in the postgame press conference that he talked to Richard Dent yesterday and that uh, the Hall of Famer reminded Robert Quinn that he got the record in only 10 starts back in 84, which is a little misleading because he was playing that whole time. He, he played the entire 84 season. He just didn't start until week six or something like that. But he got the majority of his sacks. He got 16 and a half sacks in those last 10 weeks uh, of the uh, of the season. And Robert Quinn himself missed a game or two this year. I think it's at least we know for sure he missed one because of COVID. I think he missed two games this year. So it's 14 starts that he had that he got the the record in. And uh, you know, but he got 18, which is more than uh, more than the Colonel got. So uh, the record is his. Uh, we have a new single-season sack record king in Robert Quinn, so kudos to him. And most valuable bear, I actually went with Travis Gibson uh, today, those two strip sacks, the first one that got the ball rolling uh, for the Bears. I mean, that was so huge to to actually, you know, to do uh, what I was hoping the Bears would do, which is to, you know, somebody made a really great point on Twitter today saying that, 
you know, we know that the Bears are not a good football team, but it could be so much worse, and so much worse was the Giants and, and you know, how incompetent they appeared to be uh, at times and how much they were struggling and just at, at times absolutely refusing uh, to run the football. Their, their one field goal drive, it was 10 plays, all runs, even on third and 10. They're running the football, and they like at that point they had been sacked and you know all that kind of stuff twice or any time. Like if 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 Glennon didn't get sacked, he threw a pick or he almost did. Like it just it was an absolute disaster. Like you said, he was like two for eleven uh, today. Uh, you know, in the whole football game for the twenty four yards. So you know he only completed two out of his eleven pass attempts, and the other ones were either sacks, interceptions, or near. Uh, interception. So, I mean, it was a disaster for the Giants. So they would just like would just keep running the ball. And it wasn't like uh, that Monday night game between Buffalo and New England where, you know, they had hurricane winds that were keeping both teams in check and the, the Patriots were just able to follow through with their game plan uh, against the uh, Bills. This was just, we are catastrophically bad at trying to throw the ball. So we're just going to go ahead and run it as much as we possibly can and, uh, you know, leave the rest up to the football gods. It was an ugly situation watching the Giants play football today. We weren't much better, but we weren't as – I mean, it was pathetic watching the Giants. It's a wonder they've won four games, and that's how bad they look today. So, you know, uh, Travis Gibson did a great job uh, today. Like I said, he's filled in admirably uh, for uh, Khalil Mack and – Doing a great job, uh, you know, taking enough of the pressure off of Quinn so he could still have the year that he had. Because when, when, when Mac went down, I thought that that he would that Quinn would suffer the same fate that Khalil Mack has been suffering, you know, for basically most of his career in Chicago, which is that because you can't uh, rely on the person on the other end, Khalil Mack is the one facing doubles and triple teams and. Uh, and things like that. So uh, if nobody else is going to win their one-on-one battles, they'll just keep doubling Khalil Mack, and that was hurting his production. This year, with Robert Quinn being the beast that he's been, the beast that we signed him to be last year when he was such a disappointment in 2020, uh, you know, Khalil Mack, I think he, even in eight games, would have had seven and a half sacks or something before he was, uh, you know, put on the shelf uh, for the season, I and mean, Quinn got 18. Uh, you know, I think he was beating Quinn is like maybe to six, six and a half sacks, and and uh, and everything like that. Imagine what they could have done had they been healthy on the field uh, together all season. Um, I mean, it's one of the things that you look forward to in 2022. If if Quinn can repeat this and Mac comes back healthy, that's money well spent, guys. I mean, that's. That's what you give those guys that money to do, and hopefully they'll earn it again uh, next year and stay healthy at the same time. So, I mean, that would just be fantastic. But um, Travis Gibson has done an outstanding job filling in uh, for Khalil Mack, another great fifth-round choice from Ryan Pace, which is what has you know Bear fans kind of torn on, on what we should do with Ryan Pace. Um, I, you know, as much as I, you know, love what Pace has done, especially with his late round picks and some of the acquisitions that he's made, the, the upgrades he's made to Hallis Hall and the facilities and making Chicago a destination for free agency because we have 
you know, top of the line facilities and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's his misses, the, the head coaches that he's had and, and uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I just think it's time for us to, to wipe the decks and, and start over uh, again. I mean, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we brought Ryan Pace back, but I don't know what we're expecting from him um, that, you know, like, what, what are we trying to learn here that we, we don't already know? So we'll see. I know that the McCaskies love Pace, so there is a chance that he'll stick around. But, um, you know, I, I personally just think it's time to uh, pass the buck and start over. Uh, you know, from the top all the way down. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, Travis Gibson, another one of his day three miracles, along with guys like Darnell Mooney and Jordan Howard and Eddie Jackson. And, you know, when Eddie Jackson was still Eddie Jackson and Tariq Cohen, who hopefully will be back and healthy uh, next year. And we'll finally figure out or find out what the hell happened and why he missed the entire season, uh, even though he pretty much missed all of last season with the ACL and all that kind of stuff. I, I just hope we get to learn that stuff. You know, like what, what actually happened? Did you have a setback? Did you have to have a second surgery? I mean, what, what, what was going on? Cause the bears have never said word one about Tariq Cohen's situation other than he's rehabbing and getting stronger every day. Okay, great. Well, he's not playing this year. Like that's what would be the point of bringing him back next year? Uh, or next week, I should say. But, I mean, we definitely want to bring him back because if he's healthy, that's a guy we want on our team. We don't want him playing for somebody else. But <clears throat> anyway, you know, but, you know, Pace has done a really great job with those with the day three picks. I mean, even this year, Thomas Graham, uh, Kairos Tonga, who recovered one of the strip sacks uh, today. Um it just he he keeps he manages Larry Borum was a fifth round pick and and all that you know he's been doing a great job with it so we'll see we'll see but uh, most valuable bears Travis Gibson for week number seventeen congratulations Travis here's to the first of many and that's gonna do it for week seventeen bear up and bear down come on back tomorrow when we will do the deep dive you'll get your knee jerk reactions and everything in between to break it down. Close the book on week 17, and usually that would be it. We'd be talking about when we're going to have our year in review uh, you know, episode with uh, Lauren Cox to uh, wrap this thing up. But we got one more game to go, and of course, it's going to be in Minnesota. So our good friend Chris Gates will be joining us later on this week to preview that matchup. Um, as I uh, came downstairs to my dad's basement to record the podcast, the Vikings uh, were being taken to the woodshed. By the Packers, I'm sure the game is close to over if it's not over by now. And um, I think the Vikings will be eliminated from playoff contention by the time I get back upstairs, but we'll see. So could be a meaningless game across the board uh, for both teams, uh, just like it was today for the Bears and the Giants. And, uh, you know, maybe the Bears can steal another win and finish this thing out 7-10. and 10 with three straight victories and god forbid give uh, phillips and mccaskey all the ammunition they need to run it back one more time because even after losing eight out of nine ball games we won three straight to finish out the year to show us that we were headed in the right direction god help us all so come on back tomorrow for the deep dive you get knee-jerk reactions and everything in between and until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground